Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. Hope everybody had a good week. Got uh, quite a few sports stories to talk about this week. Got some basketball to talk through. Um, I'll give you kind of my experience at the TBT that I went to on Wednesday. A little bit of uh, scheduling stuff. And we're going to talk some NFL um, a little bit as we are very close to training camps starting up i believe some even report on monday this week so let's jump right into it so the tbt the basketball tournament has come to lubbock for the first time the for the second year in a row the air raiders uh have a team i did get to go to the games on wednesday i ended up ended up going to two games on wednesday the land of enchantment team the unm team um versus ut and then uh, the Air Raiders taking on the it was a, I can't remember their name Purple Purple Hearts yes um, first of all fantastic event really really impressed I hope that um, Lubbock becomes a permanent host of this regional I think certainly the Air Raiders are going to be a consistent team entering this tournament seems like they've got quite a few people interested. Um, what was really neat uh, about the the Air Raider game is you had the current basketball players. McCa- uh, Grant McCaslin was there. You also had a lot of uh, former Tech players that could not play because of G League contracts that were there. Uh, Jared Culver was there, Adonis Arms, Bryson Williams. Um, so that was really neat that they all came back. Zaire Smith, I, I know I'm missing some someone, but um, – it was really kind of neat to see them come back to support the the this Air Raider team, and it was a fun game to watch. I I love the whole Elam ending thing. I think that's a really cool concept that they've introduced in this tournament. Now, do I would I really want that in a college basketball game? No, um, not necessarily. But I think for a tournament like this, I think that's a really cool twist. Um, Tech ended up winning pretty handily on Wednesday. And then last night they lost to the UNM team. Um, yeah, that that enchantment team could not miss from the three point line, and I mean they jumped out. I think at one point it was like twenty one to nothing, um, and Tech battled back. Uh, but I mean in the end, it's just that UNM team they could not miss from the three point line, and you know Tech just wasn't able to match them um, shot for shot, and you know that's what happens. But uh, like I said, I, I hope that this becomes a permanent um, host location. I think the attendance was really pretty good. Uh, the, I don't think they broke any any record, but I mean, I, uh, you know, you had four to five thousand fans there. Um, and like I said, I, I think I talked about it on Wednesday and during the midweek madness. I thought the prices for the tickets were extremely fair. Um, I ended up doing like a buy one get one free, um, you know, and. and it was just – I thought they, they – you know, real real fair ticket prices. And, you know, this is a time period in the summer where, you know, you don't have really any sports going on. You know, Lubbock doesn't have a minor league baseball team. You know, they they do have the soccer team, the, the Matadors that just finished. Um, but, I you know, I thought I – think, I think Lubbock can continue to be a really good host location for this event. And I think, you know, the Air Raider – are just going to continue to hopefully get better and build a team. And, you know, I think they'll break through at some point. But, you know, um, just a fun event all around. So 
Uh, they are playing tomorrow um, the finals of the Lubbock Regional. So if you're in 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 the Lubbock area, I I can guarantee you there's probably going to be tickets available. Um, it's going to be the UNM team, the Enchantment team, taking on uh, the North Texas team. North the North Texas team has looked really really good as well, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that bodes well for uh, Tech because a lot of those players were McCaslin players. So um, that'll be kind of bear watching. But, yeah, bottom line, great event. I really, really think Lubbock's earned another another year to host this event and hopefully uh, make that a permanent part of the summer calendar. So basketball had actually uh, several big news items this week. A uh, couple things with scheduling. Um, we found out earlier in the week that Tech is going to play Vanderbilt. Um, they're going to be playing it for in Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena. I think that's a great schedule, uh, scheduling uh, opponent. You know, I know some people are probably going to be disappointed that they're not coming to the USA. Um, and I don't know the details um, if you know you you know these teams like Vanderbilt. You know, Gonzaga was another one a couple years ago. Um, don't want to come play a home and home with Tech. To me, playing in a neutral site is better than you know scheduling a random team from the SWAC or the MEAC to play in December. I think you're going to have a lot more compelling game, a better test of your team. And and, and I fully realize you know Vanderbilt's not the an SEC powerhouse necessarily. But you know they typically, you know, they're 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 going to be a better team, and they're going to give you a better you know quad win or even quad quad game. If you don't win, I think you I think you should be able to win against Vanderbilt. But they should they give you a better quad game than playing you know in December against a quad four team. And so I do like I do like that they did this. Now some people were talking about oh this you know we haven't heard. The bit about the Big Twelve SEC opponent yet is this a replacement? Well, again, remember there's no Big Twelve SEC challenge this year. That that has gone away. The SEC is going to be playing the ACC in a challenge. I I have pretty much given up on the idea that we're going to get a Big Twelve Big Ten challenge this year. To me, that's still a no brainer. Maybe with the new television deal and then with tech. Once Texas and Oklahoma departs and USC, UCLA join the Big Ten, you might see that be a possibility. I kind I hope it is because I do think that would be a really good um, replacement to losing the Big 12 SEC Challenge. You are going to be playing in the, the Big 12 Big East Challenge this year. You're playing Butler. I think that's a great opponent. Um, I've heard rumblings that this might be the last year of the Big 12 Big East Challenge. I hope not. I, I think that's been a really good um, opponent that, that Tech's been able to, to gobble up um, the last several years. So hopefully that continues. Uh, the other big scheduling news this week was we did get an announcement about the Big 12 Conference, um, who all the opponents are going to be for the teams. We don't have like an official, you know, January 1st, they're playing this team and so on. But um, basically they're doing like a matrix style scheduling and so tech is going to have five teams that they will play home and home um and really four of the five teams not a huge surprise uh, you're going to play texas home and home tcu home and home 
Baylor home and home, Oklahoma State home and home, and then finally you're going to play UCF home and home. So, I mean, clearly the which one is not like the other is is the UCF um, home and home. So you are going to go to Orlando this year for for games. Um, I'm okay with that. And part of it is I don't think UCF is going to be that good this year. And so I think that gets you a – hopefully I think you get yourself a sweep against UCF. Um, the other ones, certainly I think no-brainers. I think those were some really – they picked probably the, the best four teams for for Tech to, to be squaring off with. You know, obviously um, – we already kind of knew that Texas Tech was going to be, or excuse me, UT was going to be on the schedule. And so we knew they were, that was probably going to be home and home. I, I know some people have said, well, we wanted Houston to be home and home. I think probably what's going to end up happening is you will see Houston be home and home and replace UT if you keep this current scheduling matrix, which there is a question, do you keep this scheduling matrix when you're down to 12 teams i don't know you may be going up to 14 or 16 teams you could you could have this matrix and maybe add maybe another home and home opponent i'm not sure but um i I think overall with the home and homes that tech is playing I, i like all all of the five opponents i think if you keep this matrix you can easily slip in houston and do home and home with houston next year as well now as far as the other opponents tech is going to play everybody else in the big 12 um what they did is they divided out the rest of the teams and you'll play some teams only on the road you'll play some teams only at home and tech i think really got a very favorable home schedule that both kansas and kansas state have to come at come play at tech i was really surprised by that i really truly figured Tech would have to go to to Fog Allen if they got to play Kansas at all this year. Now, most likely, if you're going to follow this matrix schedule again next year, you're going to flip the schedule, so you will have to go at Kansas, at Kansas State. That's a little bit of a downer. You know, could you find a way to maybe split where, you know, one year Kansas comes here, and then you got to go to at Kansas State. I don't know, but I think for this year, I thought that was really awesome that you're going to get both of those teams at home. Your other exclusive home only teams are BYU and Cincinnati. Um, I'm good with that. I, I think you know, depending on if you expand the schedule matrix home and home, and you you add more additional home and home teams next year. BYU could be a team that you have to go home and home with just because of regional location. But I think those are those are two pretty good teams uh, to come into the USA. So basically, three of the four te- new Big 12 teams are coming to play in Lubbock this year. Um, obviously, I think the big disappointing one that you're not getting a home game with this year is Houston. Um, the teams you'll only play on the road this year are Iowa State, that's a tough road game always, the, um, going up there to play at Hilton. You get Houston, Oklahoma. Um, you know, Tech's been hot and cold at Oklahoma through the years. And then you get West Virginia. I don't think West Virginia is going to be that good this year with 
all of the mess uh, with with Bob Huggins, um, and so I, I'm good with that being a road game. I think you can you could win win um, on the road there. I don't. I think bottom line, it's still the Big Twelve, and as we know, the Big Twelve is the best basketball conference in the NCAA. Um, but I I think you've got a you've got about as favorable as a schedule as you could get. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at a point where I'm going to make a prediction about how I think the season goes, but I think the schedule, the big 12 schedule that you were given on paper, it favors you to at least go 500 in conference play. Um, if not better, you know, um, and I think if you go 500 in conference play, you, if you're in the, if you're in the big 12, I think you have a very solid shot at getting yourself into the NCAA tournament. So, but I'm excited about the schedule. I think it's a great schedule. We don't have, um, we don't have the entire, um, non-con schedule yet. We obviously, we know about the battle for Atlantis and then Vanderbilt and, um, Butler, and then I, well, and I, 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 this has not been officially released by Tech, but um, they are going to play um, Oral Roberts. And I, what was the other team that they're playing? It's another team from the Summit League. Um, I don't, I don't remember the team off the top of my head. But you know, again, and I, I've harped on it quite a bit. You, you really just want to steer away from just having a whole bunch of like those quad four. Uh, games in Lubbock. I don't think that does a whole lot for you. Now, are you going to have some quad four games? Yeah, you might have. I, th- I think one or two. I think two at the most is what you should have. Um, but beyond that, I think you. I think you need to do a better job. And and so far, I think you have done a better job of, of scheduling a little bit better quality in the non-con. I've talked about it before on here. Instead of bringing in SWAC and MEAC teams, you know, grab some Mountain West teams. Grab some AAC teams. If, if you're having a hard time getting a Power 5 conference opponent to come play in Lubbock, I think you can get some Mountain West and you can get some um, AAC teams or even Conference USA teams to come in and play in Lubbock. And so that, that'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But I think the schedule's coming together really well. Um and I really like the the schedule the the organization the schedule with the Big Twelve. I think it's going to be. Um, I would not be surprised if they continue with this system. I think what you might see happen, uh, obviously, te- you know, with Tech, you're gonna you're gonna have to have a, a new home and home with Texas leaving. To me, it's a no brainer. You slide Houston in there as a home and home, and then what you might see um, in addition in a twelve team schedule is you might see a sixth home-and-home opponent that you're playing. Um, So I think in a situation like that, you might see like BYU be a home-and-home opponent for Tech as well. But the home-and-home opponents that you have right now, I'm good with. You know, even the UCF one, I'm good with. Um, But I think overall, I I think they did a pretty good job of organizing the schedule for basketball. I'm interested to see, and, and we're not going to know this for obviously probably not till October or November. I'm interested to see how they're going to handle baseball. Um, I hope 
what they do, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have 13 baseball teams. So you're going to have 12, you have 13 baseball teams. What I would like to see happen is you, everyone plays everybody. I think for your RPI, if you're tech baseball, you are better served playing. That would be 12 opponents. So 12 weekend series, you're better served playing those 12 weekend series and losing some non-conference weekend series, even if you have to start conference play earlier than you're used to, than having to scramble and schedule like a North Dakota State or a Merrimack. I think you're better served doing that. So that'll be something to bear watching. But um, it's, I think I think Big 12 overall is, is doing a pretty good job with the new scheduling. Obviously, if you add more teams, that's going to add some wrinkles to it. Um, I'm, I haven't even talked about, you know, if you bring in an Arizona, that could be an appropriate home-and-home home team with Tech, you know. Um, I'd love for that. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but that's still all who knows at this point um, with, with, uh, with the conference realignment. But So um, football, there's not really a lot of news this week. Uh, football got new turf. That's the big news. And I like the turf. I would I've liked the flat double teeth. Yes, but I wasn't expecting them to go with that. Um, and there was an article today in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal about kind of their decision making process, especially when it comes to the classic double T versus the three D double T. And uh, it was Robert Giovanetti, uh, Gio was 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 interviewed, and he made some very valid points about why. Tech just can't all you know overnight change to that to that um, logo that you know the 3D double T is the official logo of the entire athletics department and so you know if you're going to change you're all you're going to change it for every athletic um, facility and you know I don't think you're there yet so yeah I mean. I've, I'm on record. I prefer the the old double T. I think it looks a lot better. I think it pops more on the helmets. But I what you know. I th- I think overall the turf's fine. I like I like the end zones. I like the black and white. I know some people are a little disappointed. There's not some red in there. But I think the black and white is going to really pop on TV. And yeah, I, I think I think it looks good. We're getting closer and closer to football season. We will. Um, I will have a, a, a official prediction show probably coming up in about a month. I've got to look at the schedule of, you know, when week zero of college football starts. I will do it the week before, um, you know, been listening to been listening and reading to a lot of predictions as far as the football season goes. You know, tech is I mean, they, they were preseason picked by the coaches to finish fourth a lot of a lot of other publications kind of kind of in that same vein picking tech it's i mean it's the same teams that everyone's picking to win the big 12 and finish in the top half um so i'm still going to hold out my prediction i kind of have an idea in my mind what i think tech's going to do this year but i'm I'm still gonna do some more studying (laughs) so anyway but that was kind of the big news for tech uh, tech football this week NFL, let's talk a little bit NFL action. Um, if you've not watched the quarterbacks documentary on Netflix, if you have access to Netflix, uh, 
totally would recommend that. I think it's a great um, documentary. It basically it follows three quarterbacks around Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. Obviously, the Mahomes stuff's probably my favorite. Um, but I really, you know, Kirk Cousins really came off as extremely likable in in this series, and you know, really nice guy. Um, you know, Mar- Mariota. That was an interesting storyline, just because he was kind of more of the journeyman quarterback. You know, he ended up losing losing the job to Desmond Ritter at Atlanta. You know, near the end of the season, they've already basically said they're going to do a second season, and so there, there's obviously been some debate about okay, what quarterbacks should they do next year? And here's here's my thinking. I think. You either need to do Burrow or Allen, um, and they could be the Mahomes role, basically. Um, Burrow, to me, would be more interesting. Um, he just he, – I don't know. But Josh Allen, I think, would be a, a fun, entertaining one. So I think Burrow or Allen um, would be one that you want – one of those two you would want to would want to use. Um, the other ones that I would kind of look at doing at this point – um, let me think through live TV, everybody. Um, maybe Tua and at Miami, you know, Tua is somebody, you know, he really, he had a really strong season, um, when he was on the field last year. Um, and, and he's kind of, his health kind of is what the Miami Dolphins success hinges on. And you hope he has a really like injury free year this year. Um, cause he, you know, he had some scary concussions, but he might be an interesting one to follow around. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of the other ones kind of in my head that you could, you could follow around up Kenny Pickett at, at Pittsburgh. That might be an interesting one. Lamar Jackson, possibly. I think Aaron Rodgers would be an interesting one. I just don't know how media friendly he would be if he would, if he would even remotely go for for that type of thing um you know Matthew Stafford would be an interesting one to to follow Russell Wilson you know it was it it could not have been a worse year for Russell Wilson last year and you know you you're bringing in Sean Payton now to be the be the head coach and and so the expectations are high but I mean you know Russell Wilson's on the hot seat he's he's got to do better this this upcoming year or you know i think he i think they he will get the axe um and the, and they'll eat the money that they that they spent on bringing in bringing him in um I, the 49ers situation i think would be an interesting follow um who's going to be their quarterback you know uh Brock Purdy certainly I, I thought he played really well down the stretch last year um uh, but you've invested a lot of money in the um and his name is escaping me right now the quarterback um, that got hurt, not Garoppolo, the other one. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. Behind the scenes, the Chris Carpenter show. <laughs> this is, I promise, I do I do, do my homework. I just, uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. That would be an interesting one to kind of kind of watch just because of the fact that I think there's going to be a quarterback controversy in San Francisco. I mean, I, I would keep playing Brock Purdy. At this point, I think he's done enough to earn the job, you know. Um, Dak would be an interesting one as well. 
just because it's the Cowboys and the oft-criticized Dak Prescott, you know, which I think some of the criticism of Dak is valid, but, you know, I don't, I don't hold him 100% responsible for the Cowboys' failures. I think, you know, there's other, there's other factors to it as well. I mean, he didn't have a good season last year, but, you know, the Cowboys – it's all if it's it's always something with them, and so. But I think he would be an interesting one to follow around as well. So, but we're we're getting very close to NFL season, and I will have an official NFL prediction show as well. I do have to say something about some of the throwbacks that I'm seeing. Um, I'm not a fan of the Tennessee Titans getting to be wear the Oilers uniforms. I think that's first of all, if I had my druthers. Houston Texans should should change their name to Houston Oilers. Oilers, a better mascot than Texans. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and then Washington has new owners, and now they're talking about changing their name, um, which I think is good. The Commanders is a terrible name. They're not going to go back to the Redskins. I understand that. Um, but I kind of like some of, some of the things – ideas I've seen bantied about. I think like the red tails or the red wolves keeping that red in their name would have been cool. Um, there's also like some of them want to do like a play on the hogs, which, you know, that was a big part of the Washington lore uh, when they were winning super bowls. So like maybe pigskins or hog skins. I like that. I think commanders has to go. I think it's a terrible name. Um, you know, dig back into some of the past name if you could possibly. So, but that's kind of the stuff that's going on this week. Baseball. I mean, I guess I'll mention the Mason Molina situation. Shocker. He's going to Arkansas. (laughs) Who saw that coming? You know? Um, Yeah. I mean, it is what it is with that. You know, the NIL giveth and NIL taketh. And transfer portal giveth, transfer portal taketh. And, you know, I I do think Tech is one of the stronger universities in the NIL system era now that we're in. But, you know, in baseball, the SEC, they've got a probably a better – not probably, they have a better NIL program. And there's a bigger appeal in baseball to play in the SEC. And part of that is – and I've talked about it on here – is if you look at the Big 12 and and I'm I'm removing Texas and Oklahoma from this picture right now even though they got another season if you look at the Big 12 there are a lot of universities in the Big 12 that just from outside observation doesn't care about baseball tech obviously is not one of them tech is one I think that obviously cares about baseball they're one of the one of the stronger programs, not only in the Big 12, but in the nation. You know, Oklahoma State, I certainly wouldn't put them in that category. TCU, those three are, are, are the ones carrying the water for the rest of the conference. Um, Baylor, I'm looking at you. I don't know how you can be this bad in baseball when you're surrounded by all that talent in and around Central Texas. So you need to figure it out. You figured out football and basketball, obviously. Figure out baseball. You know, the Kansas schools. They're off and on. Kansas State had a they bubbled up this year, which was fine, but they're normally in the bottom. Kansas, I mean, the only I think athletics they care about is basketball, clearly, because everything else they're terrible at. 
Um, West Virginia had a good year. They got to get more consistent, though. Um, but I understand why Mason Molina left. It still doesn't make it any better, and it, and it still it stings that you lost two players to the Arkansas baseball team this year. So that's frustrating for sure. Um, but that's kind of the only big baseball news this week. So I hope everybody has a good rest of their weekend. I am going to do a midweek madness this week on Wednesday. We're going to talk books. I'm going to give you kind of some book recommendations. Um, some of them are going to be new books. Some are going to be older books. Um, here's the plan as far as midweek madness is. I will. So my plan is I will, you know, I'm obviously going to do the midweek, midweek madness this week on books. The next week I'm moving, and so pray for me and, you know, that everything goes smooth. I will drop it. I don't know if it'll be a midweek madness, but I will drop an episode before next before that next Saturday because I want to do a SummerSlam prediction show. So I'll do a SummerSlam prediction show. I'll do a normal episode that weekend. Um, and then after that, I'm back in school. So midweek madnesses are going to go away. And I'll, I'll, I will do my normal episode over the weekend. When football starts, I may or may not do two episodes in a weekend um, where I do a recap episode of the Tech football game. I don't know yet. That That's all going to – that will all hinge on scheduling and, you know, how everything is going. So, but I guarantee you I, there you are at least promised one episode a week from me. Again, follow me on, on, on my Twitter, at The C-Carp Show. We are very close to hitting that 100 Spotify. We're at 98. At, that's on Spotify. Goals to get to 100. And I'm so appreciative of everybody that's listening. I've had people retweet when I posted on Twitter or shared on Facebook. I'm so appreciative of y'all. Let's continue to do that, and I know we're going to hit the 100 after this episode. I can feel it in my bones. So let's let's do that. All right. I will see you all this Wednesday. We're talking books on The Chris Carpenter Show.